What a beautiful sense of the presence of Holy Spirit in our midst. Last century, a man asked a great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, which did he think was the most important thing, reading the scriptures or praying? And Spurgeon's immediate response was, which do you like best, breathing in or breathing out? And the word of God and prayer do go together and they really can't be separated. And when we pray the word of God, our prayers are much more focused and I think more powerful because the Holy Spirit powerfully is involved in both. He illuminates the word for us and he gives us understanding and he helps us in our weakness to pray, interceding for us in accordance with God's will, with deep groans, too deep for words, deep calling to deep. And we need never think that our prayers aren't good enough for God because the Holy Spirit lovingly searches our hearts and intercedes for us. So let's come before the Lord now in prayer. Dear Father, how marvellous it is that you have provided this wonderful way for us to communicate with you. Deep calling to deep. Because of your great love for us, Jesus took our sins to the cross so that we could know you as our Father and boldly approach your throne of grace in times of need. And you gave us the Holy Spirit who enables us to pray in accordance with your will for our lives. Thank you for the work he does for us and in us and through us every day. Your word encourages us as your dear children, holy and dearly loved, to continue living in Christ so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him on that day. We really can't comprehend how great your love is, the love you have lavished on us so that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, your children, children of the Most High. We know from your word that if we do continue to live our lives in Christ, when he appears, we shall be like him. Us, like Jesus, what a promise. And we know it to be true because that's what your word tells us. Our hope is assured. You also tell us that everyone who has this hope in them purifies himself, just as Jesus is pure. Everyone, Lord, each one of us. And we think that this is our idea, but really it is us responding to the desires you have placed in our hearts. And this future hope does not make us lazy or complacent. This future hope gives us the motivation for desiring holiness. We thank you, Father, that holiness and purity come gradually over time, sometimes many years. We thank you that you are patient, another evidence of your great love for us. We learn holiness through the choices we make and the lessons we learn. We grow into it through your love and our desiring more of you to be like you. The desire comes through feeling your presence as we spend time with you, reading your word, getting to know who you really are, the God who is immense, frightening, powerful, compassionate, 
almighty, beautiful, deep, calling to deep. Lord, we live in a world where it is easy to avoid the hard questions, to ignore our own selfishness, to fill our days with busy activity, which keeps us too busy for you. So we stay in the shallows, but you invite us to trust you and to leave the shoreline of familiarity. Deep calls to deep. Your spirit calls to our spirit. This is what it means to go deeper with you. Help us to grow in purity, holiness and love. And may these qualities increase in us daily, dear Father. Then people will know that we are your children. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. It is a good morning. It's a good morning because this is the day the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to hold on to that truth this morning because I'm not feeling all that great. So I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad because this is the day the Lord has made. So if I fall over um, in a dizzy spell, someone else can come and take over. That would be great. Last week was our Vision Sunday week, uh, where we um, sort of shared where we felt the Lord was calling us to as a church, and kind of set the tone for us moving forward for the year, Uh, and Carol so beautifully um, prayed into that this morning about deep calling to deep, going deeper. And as part of that uh, Vision Sunday, we taped it, and a great thanks to Dave Cottrell, who taped that message, um, and you should have received an email this week with a link to a YouTube clip. So if you weren't here, or if you want to watch it again and again and again, uh, I encourage you to do so, because in that we really outlined uh, what we felt like the Lord was calling us to. And it is simply to go deeper in the things of God. That's our vision for this year, going deeper in the things of God. And uh, in that talk, I talked about uh, the picture of the tree and how in order for us to actually reach out our branches and to grow, in order for us to be fruitful, in order for us to be effective in our lives of faith uh, and as a church and as individuals, in order to do that first, The first thing is first, is that our roots need to go deep. We need to be going deeper before we go bigger. Uh, And in in part of outlining the the trees, I I talked about a couple of uh, things that sort of came across my path, a few book covers and uh, uh, scripture verses and things like that that really helped us to to tie in and believe that this is something of God. Um, And I shared this with the leadership team Monday night, uh, Monday morning, uh, as a family, we have a family devotion uh, in the morning. And at Christmas time, I went to Kurong and I chose all the devotions for all the kids. So they all get a, their personal devotion and we all get a family devotion that we do together. And so the morning after our Vision Sunday, the tree, the roots, the growing out, uh, Skylar says, Dad, 
Have you noticed the front cover of our family devotion? <laughs> How about that? There it is again uh, from, from months ago, just um, choosing a book for our family, exploring the roots and shoots of faith. There's the roots and there's the branches. So this morning, just uh, the first week after that Vision Sunday, I want to talk about going deeper in relationship Um, because I think at the crux of it all, at the centre of it all, uh, is our relationship. Everything stems, whether our life of faith, what we do, uh, what we discover, what we experience, it's all out of our um, relationship. And as I was uh, starting preparing this, my title was Going Deeper in Relationship with Jesus. Because I think that's actually really important for us, that we actually get to know Jesus better as he knows us. But I took that out because it struck me that perhaps for some of us here, we're actually being called into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. As many of you have had conversations with me uh, uh, leading up to to this year, still discovering and, and asking questions about the whole realm of the Holy Spirit and what that actually means in our lives. So perhaps for you this morning, it's, it's actually going deep in relationship and understanding of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps for some of you, uh, whether that be a circumstance in your life, a, a, a you know, past hurt, it's really hard for you to comprehend God as a loving Father, a Father in heaven who just wants to just wrap his arms around you and has done everything possible in order for you to call you his children and to adopt you into his family. Maybe that concept is hard to grasp. Maybe this year it's about going deeper in relationship and understanding the Father's heart for you. And so we worship a triune God of Father, Son and Spirit. And so I've left it kind of a gap there for you personally uh, as we, we talk this morning, as we unpack what it means to go deeper in relationship, for you it might be with Jesus, for you it might be with the Holy Spirit, for you it might be with the Father. Um, and I'll, I'll leave that up to you. So have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they've talked about someone else that is a friend of yours and they've said some things that perhaps are a bit harsh or or whatever mm-hmm. and you feel like it's not true of them, of your friend. And you would say something like this, oh, if you only knew them like I know them, you wouldn't be saying those things. Or perhaps someone said something about you that you feel is untrue or unfair or unjust. And you might also say, oh, but if you only knew me. If you, if you really knew me, then you possibly wouldn't be saying those things. Anyone had, had circumstances like that? If you really knew me, if you knew the real me, uh, you wouldn't have that picture in your head of, of who I am. If you only knew me. Now, I wonder if, I wonder if our Lord ever says that to us as we pray a certain prayer or as we have a concept in our mind of who God is, if we uh, perhaps belittle or, or stop the flow of the Spirit, perhaps he's saying to us, oh, if you only really knew me, 
If you really knew who I was, then you wouldn't actually think that about me. If you really knew me. And of course, that's what it means about deepening our relationship. It's about knowing God, knowing the Spirit, knowing Jesus as he knows us. The Psalms, Psalm 139 says, You've searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, and you perceive my thoughts from afar. This is a picture of a God who knows us so intimately. He knows our thoughts. He knows our what makes us tick. He knows our passions, our desires, our fears. He knows us. And the whole point of deepening our relationship is that in that same way that he knows our thoughts, that we would know his thoughts, that we would understand his character, his love. He knows us. Here we have a picture of intimacy, of, of a connection, of, of a relationship. And in fact, um, in the Old Testament, the word known is actually a, a euphemism, you might not know this, a euphemism for a sexual relationship. When it says Adam knew Eve and then conceived a child, uh, there's a picture there of an intimacy of a, of a married man and a wife and, and the expression of that intimacy in the sexual relationship. That's what it means to be known. And so when it comes to knowing Jesus, knowing the Father, knowing the Spirit, there is an intimacy, there is a connection that is like that of a, of a great married couple. And so is the Father, is the Son, is the Holy Spirit saying to you, Ah, oh, if you only knew me, if you only knew me. Well, good news. James reminds us in James 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is a promise. If it is your desire to know Jesus more, to understand the Holy Spirit in your life, to uh, experience the Father's love, then draw near to him and he promises to draw near to us. Lord, as we as we discover what it means to go deeper this morning, we pray that as we draw nearer to you, as we yearn for you, as we long for you as deers uh, long for streams of living water, that as we draw, that you would come close to us. Lord, we, we sang this morning, have your way in us. Let your spirit fall and reign. And Lord, may that be the case this morning as we desire to delve deeper in relationship with you. Amen. I want to start um, simply with uh, a story in the Bible, and it is a story that is extremely well known, and you possibly know this inside and out. It's the story of the lost son. And many of you would have studied this over and over again, and uh, there's been uh, a great series that has been written called The Prodigal God by Tim Keller, and many of your small groups would have done that, which talks about this story more from the perspective of the father and how radical the father is in his love for the son and how he'd go out of his way to even embarrass himself 
to allow the son to come back into fellowship with him. And it's a story, of course, of what God has done for us as the father has um, opened up his arms and adopted us into his family. But this morning I actually wanted to take from the, the story the perspective of the younger son. And so I'm just going to read the story first of all, and then I just want to draw some points out for, for us as, as we look at, ultimately, here's, here's a picture of someone who had drifted away from relationship. And what was the steps he took in order for him to actually regain the connection, regain the, the fellowship, regain the joy of becoming uh, one with the Father again. So Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he decided, divided his property between them, the two sons. Long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in the field to feed pigs. Now, of course, in a Jewish context, that would have been an awful thing. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was out in the field and he came to hear the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called to one of his servants and said, what's going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he is back safe and sound. The older brother came, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you, you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who's squandered your property in prostitutes comes home to kill the fattened calf for him, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and he is now found. One of my favourite stories. And each time I read that, it feels like there's a new perspective or a new uh, thing to learn from it. First of all, He 
he is this son who had relationship, who had a deep relationship with the father, who experienced the joy, the family, the connection, all that was his, and yet he chose to walk away from that and to enter into a land and squander his wealth and live a life that would be different from what the father would want for him. And he's sitting there feeding pigs scraps of food. And he's thinking, what, what, how have I come to this point? What, what has happened that has made me be here? And he remembers what it was like back at home. And so it says, can I click? <laughs> it says this amazing thing in verse 17. Parent 25 and 27. I've got a different version from you. (laughs) It says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, there was a point in this young man's life where he was happy and kind of okay with what he was doing. But there was a point where he was like, no, something here is wrong. And he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. I'm starving here and I don't have to be. He came to his senses. He says, I'm not happy with my current circumstances. I'm not happy with my state of being. This isn't okay and I'm not okay. And that's got to be the first place that we start when it comes to deepening our relationship with Jesus. We have to understand that what we're currently experiencing is not all that there is. We have to start with a healthy discontent for where we are at. Have to start with a healthy discontent for where we're at. Now I say healthy discontent because I think there can be an unhealthy discontent where we can say, well, this is all there is. Nothing's ever going to change. It's going to be like this forever, so whatever. Like that's an unhealthy discontent. A healthy discontent is to say, well, I'm not happy with things currently how they are, with my relationship with the Lord, with my faith, with my life, with my circumstances. I'm not happy with it, but I know that there's more. I know that there's a way forward. I know that there is grace and mercy that can be present in my life. That's a healthy discontent. And so the sun started like this. If you are satisfied with where you're at in your relationship, if you are happy, if you are content, then there will be no growth. If you are simply happy with the the status quo, with how you are, then you will never go deeper. You will never increase your intimacy and you will never experience the more that Jesus has for you. Um, in the prayer for Dave this morning, I said that Jesus said he had to go back to the Father and that he would send the Comforter. He called the Holy Spirit the Comforter. And I heard this great phrase this week. He said, um, if we're comfortable, then we have no need for the Comforter. comforter. <laughs> now, if we are comfortable then what need do we have in the comforter? 
And so the first point in deepening our relationship has to be a healthy uncomfortableness. After last week's um, message, um, many um, talked about how they remember in their youth days how on fire and passionate they were in their relationship with the Lord and how they remember an intimacy and how they remember this prayer life and this, this hope and this um, going after the things of God. But they'd just been, just through circumstances and you know, kids and work and pressures, they'd just been this drifting away from the reality of what they used to um, experience. And here's this son this, in this story who has drifted away and he's remembering the better days. He's remembering what it was like, what it was like to be at home and to be in deep relationship. And so the son says, I'm not okay with being like this. To have a healthy discontent with your current, current relationship status is the first step to a deeper relationship. There needs to become a point where you're actually desperate for something more. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you desperate for something more? Uh, in Jeremiah, and I'm reading from the message version because it, it's a great uh, version. It says, when you come looking for me, says the Lord, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want more, want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I want that to be my prayer for you this morning, that as you get serious about deepening your relationship, that when you want it more, when you desire it, when you're not content with how it is now, you won't be disappointed because that's the first step. See, so, um, he came to his senses. I'm not currently happy with how I am. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, yet I'm starving to death? I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This is the second part of uh, deepening our relationship. Is to be honest about where you're at and to confess your sin. To open up ourselves, to not have any pretense or pretend that we've got it all together but to be really honest and say, I'm actually a sinner. I'm actually a wretched man or woman. I'm actually not all that I'm perhaps portraying that I am. And this is what the son did. He realised, he came to his senses, and the first thing was, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He came to the reality of the truth that it's true. He wasn't worthy and we're not worthy. And part of deepening our relationships is to come to that point where we actually face the fact that we're not living his way. You see, the, the younger son wanted control. He wanted to live his life his way. 
He didn't want to live the Father's way. He didn't want to be obedient. He didn't want to follow uh, any rules or regulations or what the Father's best interests were for him. No, he, he thought he knew better. It was all about him. He wanted to live his way. He wanted control. Perhaps one thing that we need to do this morning is to give up the control and to actually open ourselves up and be honest about where we're really at. Not where we uh, tell our friends, hey, how you going? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Something we do in Australia, isn't it? How you going? Yeah, all right. When so often we're not. So often we're not. The Bible actually calls this confessing our sins. And we actually don't use that language much uh, in modern uh, church circles, do we? Confessing our sins, actually owning up to the fact that we're not okay, owning up to the reality that we're not all right. Um, when we do that, when we actually are honest and real, that actually creates intimacy. That actually creates a deepening in relationship. Now, I don't know about you, uh, if, you're, if you're married here um, and you've experienced that in your own uh, husband-wife relationship, it took me years to actually understand this, that when I am honest and real with my wife, when I actually share some of my secrets, some of my fears, uh, some of the things I'm worried about, uh, when I actually own up, to some things I've done wrong. It might feel like it's a bit weird doing it as a bloke. (laughs) But what that does, it creates a closeness of connection and intimacy that is like no other. And so it's the same with our relationship with the Lord. When we are open and when we are honest, when we bear it all, when we're real, it increases our intimacy with him. See, one of the reasons we drift off or fall away or we go out of our intimacy is that we actually don't acknowledge our sinfulness. Sometimes we might actually feel very distant from God. Sometimes, even in our our worship, as um, the team's singing, people are singing in a congregation, you're looking at the words and and you're looking at the words, but there's, there's, there's a disconnect There's something in the way. There's something in between. Could it perhaps be that you haven't acknowledged and confessed something in your life? Is there something deep within you that you need to be honest with him about that is getting in the way of deepening your relationship with him? Isaiah says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. Like God is God. Like he is able to do all things, nor is his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you. See, when we don't confess our sins, when we're not honest, when we're not real, when we don't open ourselves up to all the things that are deep, deep down inside of us, it actually causes uh, us to be separated. Not that we can be, but it feels like it. So is there something that needs confessing in your life? Do you simply need to open up and be real with where you're at?
No more pretending. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then he says, make me like one of your hired servants. Now, I'm sure for the son, this was just kind of like a, this is a way to get food. <laughs> if I'm just a hired servant, that, that's I can get shelter and I can get food. But there's something actually quite profound in this statement. Make me like one of your hired servants. What is actually going on here is that is the son and his relationship before this point was one way. It was, what can the father give me? What's my inheritance? Give me what's mine. Uh, bless me. Do this for me. You know, it's a one-way relationship. Jesus, God, Father, uh, this is happening in my life. Will you do this for me? It's a one-way street. And at this point, so the profound thing is that he realises that a relationship and a deep relationship is a two-way street. Not only does the father do something for the son, but he can actually do something for the father. And so what can I give? What can I do? How can I respond? How can I um, be obedient as the father asks me to do something as I'm in prayer and I hear his Holy Spirit say, there's this in your life or I want you to go do this. Now, sometimes we can go, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do this, but I won't do that. That's just too far. No, I'll, I'll do this for you, Lord, but I, I won't do that. See, at this point in deepening our relationship, we come to the point of going, make me a servant. I'm here, Lord, to serve you and to listen to you and to follow your call and to be obedient to what you're actually asking me to do. As you bless me, as you shower your love on me, what can I do for you? Make me your servant. So many of us are still in the do it for me stage of a relationship. What can you do for me, Lord? What can you fix? What can you change? What can you give? How can you bless? As we listen to him and we're obedient, maybe we need to be asking, what can we do? Now, if marriage, again, was a one-way street, it would end pretty quickly, wouldn't it? One, one member would be pretty upset pretty quick. In a relationship, it's two-way. Paul in Romans, um, in, in our youth days, we used to always just view this, this passage as kind of a, a way of talking about our bodies and, and how, how we should live, but it's a really great response to this notion of, of a two-way relationship. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of his love for you, offer your bodies, not just your bodies, but your life, everything that you do as a living sacrifice, as you um, offer yourself to him, this is holy and pleasing to God. 
and this is your true and proper worship. Make me a servant. So, the third thing, it's two-way. What can I give? And the fourth point, which is probably the best, be consistent in gratitude and celebrate. I think uh, for, for so many of us, when we think about our deepening relationship, it's all about sincerity and concentration and learning, and yes, that sort of thing. But what's, what's this story in Luke all about? What's the end game? What's the final result? Is that there's a party, that there's dancing, that there's singing, that there's a celebration. And that is the, uh, what he actually wants us to experience and know. Father says, let's have a feast and celebrate. And when talking to the older son who's out in the field, my son, the father said, you've always been with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad. Celebrate and be glad. You know, for some of you, in going deeper in your relationship, it simply means enjoying him more. Simply means enjoying him more. It simply means singing aloud praises. I reckon for some of you, as you deepen your relationship, it's going to have an effect on the way you sing at church. You're going to sing louder and more joyful and have more gratitude in your heart. And, you know, even though the guitar's out of tune and <laughs> they, they don't know if they're doing the chorus or the bridge, it doesn't matter because it's about your praise and your thanks and your gratitude that's in your heart. Constant thanksgiving. Uh, have you come across people that just are going, oh, thank you, Jesus, all the time? Like It's just like a habit that they say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've come across some people like this in my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whether it's in their prayer life or as they're talking to you. And sometimes I think, oh, that's a bit of a, a bad habit or you know, they're just saying that by rote. But there's actually something really profound in that. And it's having this constant attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. You get that park when you're late for your appointment. Thank you, Jesus. The, the meal comes to the table and it smells delicious. Thank you, Jesus. When you get an answer to prayer, thank you, Jesus. When uh, you, your children discover something and, and learn something new, thank you, Jesus. We have got to have a constant attitude of gratitude. And that's the final point of this story. And what's interesting is that the older son never experienced this. Have you ever noticed that? For the older son, he's out in the field, he's doing the right thing. And the father comes to him and, and the servant says to the, to the son before, oh, there's dancing and there's singing. And he's like, what? Dancing and singing? <laughs> but he never came in and he never experienced the joy, the freedom the life of a deep relationship with the Father. He remained distant. He remained on the outs. 
because he didn't participate in the joy of the dance and of the feast and of the celebration that he has for us. And so, I, as I said before, I believe perhaps some of us actually need to go deeper in our praise, in our singing. Some of you might feel like you're prison singers. You're behind a few bars and you don't have the right key. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is the gratitude of the heart. And in deepening your relationship with the Lord comes out of that joy for what he has done for you. The praise that you can lift up, the thankfulness that you can have. The younger son, even though he squandered everything, even though he he went away, he found forgiveness and love and he participated in the party because of it. He experienced the joy. He got to dance arm in arm with the father and I don't know what dances they did back then, but it would have been fun, I bet. And he enjoyed it. One of my most amazing experiences of, of worship and I want to encourage you in this, um, was Joe and I used to go to, um, it was called Southside then, uh, church at, in the evening when we were both heavily involved in ministry in our, in our church because we wanted to go somewhere that we could just go and be fed. And, and we just loved the worship there. We loved the singing. And I was kind of still forming my faith and forming my understanding of, of my relationship and deepening that. And... I longed to raise my hands, but I'd never done it before. And so I felt really awkward. And I thought, I'm here with my girlfriend and she's never seen me do that. What's going to happen if she sees me? Oh, she's going to think something funny. And so there's this blockage to me actually raising my hands in worship. And maybe for some of you here, there's a blockage for you uh, in entering that posture the reason we raise our hands in worship, it's, it's that the second point of opening ourselves up to the Lord, saying, here I am. I give myself to you and all my praises to you. I, I want to just raise my hands in thankfulness and praise. And I had this deep desire to do that, but there's just this kind of, I, I can't do it. Anyone felt that in their life? And then the worship leader did something Amazing, and perhaps we might encourage ourselves to do this maybe even this morning. He said, I want everyone in this space, everyone to raise your hands. And oh, I've got an excuse, everyone's doing it. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just oh, I'm allowed to do it because everyone's doing it, and I'm not going to look silly. Everyone raise your hands, so everyone raise their hands. And from that point, we sang a song, and I kept my hands there, and it was the most wonderful worship I ever experienced because I actually took my hands out of my pockets and I said, Lord, make me a servant. How can I go deeper with you? I want to I wanna experience you more. I want to know you more. I want to I send out my praise to you. So this morning, are you happy with where you're at? If not, that's a great place to start because there is more. Be honest with the Lord about the condition of your heart. Understand that it's a two-way street. 
It's not just about what he does for us in deepening our relationship and walking with him. It's actually about how we live with him and serve him. And in that, celebrate. Enjoy the presence of God in your life. And this will deepen your relationship with him. I'm going to invite the worship team up. Um, the apostle, uh, the disciple John, who wrote uh, the Gospel of John, describes himself, I think it's quite funny, as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, talk about boasting. <laughs> Uh, but as I was, I was reading John and I came across that passage, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, I wonder if that's perhaps somewhere where we can end this morning. Um, as, as you long to follow Jesus, as you long to go deeper into the Spirit, as you long to be understand the experience of the Father, I wonder if you could perhaps be called the one that Jesus loves in deepening your relationship because he knows you and you know him. Would you take the steps to being the one that Jesus loves? We're going to sing a song now that um, has been written out of our vision for the year of going deeper. And I really want to encourage you to reflect on what was said this morning or perhaps last week. Um, perhaps there's something in, in your heart that you need to confess. Perhaps you need to go, yeah, there was a day that my fire was more real than it is now. Perhaps you're not enjoying the Lord because things are too serious. Whatever it is, I, I encourage you to use this song as a prayer to go deeper, as the beginning journey of going deeper in your relationship. We're going to sing, and then after we sing, we're just going to keep the music going for a bit. And I encourage you to use that time to really be seeking God. Spirit to be as Carol prayed that his deep spirit would speak to your deep inner being that he'll be revealing new things in you you call and you desire to go deeper perhaps you might want to come down the front and kneel you might want to stand and you might want to raise your hands in praise. Whatever the Lord is calling to you, this is a moment that is for you. I encourage you to use it and to really seek the Lord in it. Let's sing together.
playing those chords, there's someone someone here who might have a, a word on their heart that they just want to either, either call out as a word for someone or a word for our church. Um, but I'm just, yeah, sensing that there's, there's just a word. So if you feel that that's you, just big loud voice and just declare it. as we just stand and reflect pray that you'd be speaking to our hearts you'd be revealing new things to us Lord Lord help us not to be just happy with where we're at but increase that desire in us to go deeper increase in us that holy discontent to just want more of you and Lord as we do that we just pray that we'd just be able to open ourselves up Lord that the intimacy would increase that that fire again would be lit in our hearts and that we'd want to just respond to you by saying Lord make me a servant Lord Allow me to follow after all the things you've got for me. And in that, may I just celebrate your goodness. May I enjoy the freedom and the life that comes from going deeper with you. May that be the reality that I experience. So Lord, as we go out into the the week ahead of us, pray that you go before us. We pray that the, the message wouldn't just be left, but it would continue to have its, its fulfillment and become real as we engage with those around us from the week to week. As we desire to, to follow you and to live the life that you've called us, as our branches reach out to those around us this week, may it be effective because we've gone deeper with you as we've devoted our time and our prayer life to more and more of you. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.